Well, today I'm going to talk about a topic that is uh, rather difficult for me personally. Uh, I'm going to talk about change. Uh, I remember when I was hired here by Walt 35 years ago, one of the first things he said to me uh, is this, Frank, this is a church that's in wet cement, so you have to expect change. If you can't handle change, then you probably shouldn't be here. Well, somehow I kind of feel like I faked it over all these years because I still don't like change. I didn't like it then. I didn't like it through all these years. And I still have a great deal of problems with change. So uh, it ends up that this message that I'm going to share with you today is a very personal one. As I step back from uh, all these years in ministry, one of the things I realize, it's hard to give up uh, how I think things should be. But it's also a blessing, I think, to uh, all of us as a church family to realize that this church has always been in change. We go from one individual to another, from one style to another, and there have been lots of changes over the years. And as we uh, always say, this is a Jesus church. And because it's a Jesus church, then God is in charge. He always has been. Uh, He has shown his faithfulness to us now and he will show his faithfulness to us in the years and the ministry that is ahead for this church. And it kind of makes it, I think, a very exciting time. We've been through a lot in the last, uh, I would say, year and a half or two years or so, and it has raised a lot of questions, and uh, we've all kind of wondered, who are we, where have we been going, Uh, where are we heading? But it's encouraging to me to know that God is still in charge. And so the way that I look at change right now, it's kind of like passing the baton. And uh, I actually have one right here. This is an official for real baton that is used in races. So with the Olympics right now, I thought, okay, this is a great way to remember. I've been looking at YouTube the last uh, little while in preparation for the message today. And I've been looking at those relay races where this becomes a really important item. And it's really kind of fascinating. Uh, I would highly recommend you look at some of those races. And you realize that this little piece of metal becomes a really important part. And so what do we notice? What do I notice about those races? Well, uh, number one, it's the track, which becomes really important. It's how it's marked. Uh, It's the runners themselves. Apparently, it's what they wear. Uh, It's the coaches, it's the teams around them. Uh, It is, uh, before this season of COVID, it was the crowd around them. But the most important part was this, the baton. Uh, And if this wasn't there, then the rest of the race really wouldn't work very well, would it? And so I've watched these races where the runners, uh, you know, come running up and then uh, the one who is supposed to receive the baton reaches his hand back just for a little bit receives that baton and moves forward. Well, I've also watched a couple of races where the baton has dropped. And as soon as that happens, it's kind of the end of the race for that particular team. So this becomes really important. And I want to use it today as kind of a symbol and as an example of why this is so important. So if we are passing the baton, let's say, in, uh, in respect to the church and into ministry, what does that represent? Well, what we realize, it isn't so much about the individual, but it is about what this means. And what this means is, and what this is a great metaphor for, is it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
You know, this church is a Jesus church, right? So this baton has been passed many, many times over the last 150 years by all kinds of folks. But the centrality of everything has always been the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we don't have that, then nothing else really counts. So the baton of our spiritual life is that personal relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And if I think over all the years of my own life, uh, going back to probably when I was around 16 years old, when I knowingly accepted Jesus Christ as my own Lord and Savior, uh, that uh, decision in my life became the baton. Now, there are a couple of ways that we can think about it in terms of where we find ourselves this week and uh, kind of in this season of our church. There is the passing of the baton, which is really important in the life of the church. The gospel of Jesus Christ is uh, paramount. It's the center of what we do as a church. And so as we go from from, uh, leadership to leadership, and we're looking for a new senior leader now, uh, it comes about, and we have to think about, what is the importance of this gospel that we pass on? But it's also in a personal, individual life. I think in terms of our own life, uh, as I uh, get older and older, I realize that that gospel of Christ is so important in my own life. And there is nothing that we long for more than for our own children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren to know Jesus Christ. There is nothing more important than that whatsoever. So we're thinking about what does that all mean for us? Well, Psalm 145 uh, has this great phrase. It says, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. So if we ask the question, well, what is it that we're passing on? What is it that we pass on within the church? And what do we pass on within our family? It's exactly that. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news of God. It's the mighty acts of God. Uh, We're never too old to do that either. I just want you to know as as an older individual here in this church. Uh, In Psalm 92, we read this, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like the cedars of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. And here is the real key. They will bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. So you're looking at a fresh and green old seed. Well, Psalm 71 says this, even when I am old and gray, makes me want to think of a Beatles song, do not forsake me, my God shall I declare your mighty power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you, God? You think about the essence of what we have to share, and and there you are. And then finally, in Deuteronomy 32, there's this great line, 32.7. Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father, and he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain it to you. So obviously, this good news of God, uh, what I would just call the gospel of Jesus, has been around for a long time, and it's our responsibility to share that good news with anyone that comes before us. Uh, So what do I have? Well, all I have is my own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And in terms of ministry, that's what I have to share. It's what God is doing in my life and uh, what he's doing in the life of my family and how I struggle uh, many times with that faith too. 
but also as I experience the joy of knowing God in a personal way. Well, the text that I really want to focus on today is from Psalm 78, and this is its such a great message. So listen to these words. O oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from of old. What have we heard and known? What our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. His power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statues for Jacob and he established the law in Israel, which he commanded to our forefathers to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children and then they would put their trust in God and he would not forget his deeds and would not forget his deeds, but they would keep his commands. They would not be like their forefathers, a stubborn and rebellious generations whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. Wasn't that a, a great text? And what a wonderful reminder to us of the responsibility that we bear and what a joy it is. And it isn't just a responsibility, but it's also a joy. And so uh, the title that I chose for this message was 2575, 25% looking back, uh, the past. We have to understand it and we have to have a hold of it. But 75% is looking forward. That's what gives us joy and that's what gives us hope. But we must not uh, misunderstand that 25% of the past. And so the, the text starts with, oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter hidden things, things from of old. There were things in the past, the text tells us, that were a secret. But in time, God has revealed those things to us and given us the knowledge that we have and the joy that we carry in the gospel and having it in our heart and our minds and our voices, on our tongues. It, it should be evident. Um, I think the gospel of Jesus Christ should always be visible in, in the lives that we lead uh, with one another. There needs to be integrity and there needs to be consistency. And that's a joy that only God can give. And so we learn from the past. Uh, you know, Psalm 78 is a very long psalm. So uh, lucky that we didn't read all of it today, just the first part. But the rest of it is really a historical document. It's a, a, a history psalm. And in it, uh, the, the writer recounts all the deeds of God, all the things that were known. And he says, we have to get this into our heads. We have to understand these things. And then we understand that God has spoken to us and then he's, he's taught us. So there are a couple of things that we learn from this psalm. The first is we need to understand the past and we must learn from it. Some of those things were hidden, uh, but we, we have to come to terms with them. The second part of the psalm is that we need to share with the next generation the things that we have learned. So we have a responsibility always. And the third part of the psalm, uh, at least the, the beginning part of this, is we do all these things. We learn from the past. We share with this next generation and the generations to come so that they may trust God. Well, that only makes sense if we trust God, right? So this sharing isn't meant just for the elderly. Uh, the moment that we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, it is in that moment that we then have a message to share. We do our best to learn from the past. We study, uh, 
we, we're, we're in groups, we read our Bible, we let it kind of sink into our head, and, and then we have something that we have to share with everyone around us. But uh, in, in a personal nature, the psalmist says, well, it's first with our children, and then with their children's children, and then with their children's children who are yet to be born. Well, how does all that work? Well, it works by the Christian having integrity. So if we call ourselves Christians, we have a responsibility to share this gospel message. We have a responsibility as individuals, but we also have a responsibility as a congregation and as a church to continue to proclaim the good news of Christ to the community in which we live. We need to, uh, I, I think in some ways, present a united front. And so at some level, we have to get away from us and them. It, it's us. It's, it's about us as a community. Uh, you know, we don't use the terminology here of brothers and sisters, but that might not be bad to say we are brothers and sisters united uh, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that gives us um, kind of a power, I think, uh, to, to proclaim and, and to do all of this. Well, uh, we learn from the past. We learn from the past in terms of our church. And we think about the things that our church has gone through. Uh, some of you are aware of our, our sort of our current history. But let me tell you that we've got 150 years of, of history in this church. And lots of stuff has happened. And there have been times when this church has dwindled down to just a few people. But God has always been here. And God has always been faithful. And here we are again. And, and I just want to encourage all of us to say that there is a great future ahead uh, for our church. Uh, we haven't buckled, we, we haven't disappeared. We're still here and we're still visible and we've still got the good news. And we've still got a congregation that enjoys singing and worshiping and coming together and figuring out how to minister to the world in which we live. And we've got this diversity of ages too, right? So uh, that is another incredible gift that we have, I think, as a church. And we'll talk about that in a second. But we must tell the next generation. There's another passage that I just want to share with you from Deuteronomy, and it's Deuteronomy 6, 25, uh, 20 to 25. And in that passage, we read this. In the future, when your sons and daughters ask you, what is the meaning of the stipulations and the decrees and the laws of God that he has commanded you, tell him, we were slaves uh, of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and the Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us a land he has promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is our case today. And if we are careful to obey his laws, before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. So again, what is it that we have to share and the truth that we have to this next generation? It's everything that God has instilled in our hearts and in our minds and in our practice. And these things we've learned from the history of God. And, and we are then responsible to, to share that history with everything that, everyone that comes across our path. Uh, we should struggle to make sure that our children know this gospel. Now, we can't convert everybody. I learned that a long time ago. When I graduated from seminary, I thought my job was to save the world. And I soon discovered that's not my job. 
My job is just to be faithful to the word of God as he instills it in my heart. That's all. And that's the truth for any of us. Take the gospel as you understand it. Take a hold of it and share it. And that's all. And share it to the limit that you have. Don't talk about the stuff you don't know. (laughs) Just talk about what you do know and be quick to say, I don't know that or I don't know that, but let's figure that out together. Uh, We've got to have integrity. And, you know, I I get to do uh, lots of memorial services. And one of the, the, the moments that I always treasure in these services is particularly when grandchildren get up and talk about their grandparents. There are just some amazing things that you hear. And you hear, um, again, I come back to the secret things of God that I talked about at the beginning. But you begin to see the influence that grandparents have on their grandchildren. Uh, Grandchildren are kind of that, you know, one step removed and they're watching and they're looking. But if we live a consistent life and a a faithful life, uh, our grandchildren will pick that up. Now, that doesn't make them Christian, of course. They have to come to that own conclusion. But we do have this amazing, I think, responsibility to this other generation. And so what does it mean for the life of our church? Well, it means that we carry a love for the family that is represented here. Um, You know, I I think back to uh, the diversity. We we are a diverse church. And and I want to just say again that that is an amazing gift that we have. Not every church is as diverse as we are, Um, particularly when I think of the age categories that are represented here. And we can learn a lot from each other. I I think we're quick to critique. And I would raise my hand, I'm quick to critique too. Uh, But then my wife very often reminds me, I'll say, well, you know, some of the younger ones here are kind of obnoxious. And then my wife will say, "Uh, do you remember when you were that age? you were way more obnoxious. Uh, Now, that's not exactly the kind of news I like to hear, but it's very true. I still remember uh, in my early teenage years going to church, and I was going to be a total rebel and wear blue jeans. And boy, the elders in our church went ballistic when a number of us wore blue jeans. Well, think about where we've come. I came to this church. We were wearing robes. The robes left. Then it was a suit. And then the suit disappeared, and it was a sports jacket and a shirt and tie. And then the tie disappeared, and then the jacket disappeared. And now here I stand before you with a shirt hanging out over my pants. I thought that would never happen. But here we are. It isn't about the container. It's about the truth that we carry. And so I had this opportunity just this last week of watching one of our uh, worship leaders uh, in, in front of this congregation um, at, at a funeral service, and I was watching her sing, and I thought, you know, a, a style of music, a kind of music that maybe, you know, would not be my first choice, but when I watched her sing, and I, I saw um, just her facial expressions, I thought, this is pure, true worship. And so we need to get beyond what we think is the only way. There are so many different ways to worship God, and and we need to learn that kind of flexibility. So what is it that we pass on? We pass on the gospel. The package that is contained in, that's going to change. It's changed over the years that I've been in ministry, and it it will absolutely continue to change. 
Uh, and I think that's a good thing. We, we want to be able to, to reach that next generation. I, I know a couple of years ago, uh, my daughter said, hey, Dad, I want you to listen to this song. And I went, okay, I'll listen to it. And uh, she played a little bit of it, and I said, no, nah, I don't like it. And she said, well, it's a Christian song. I said, I don't like it. And uh, then my grandson uh, wanted me to listen to a piece of music, very different from what my daughter had. I don't like it. And, <laughs> and we realized that, you know, styles and differences change so rapidly, not like when I was growing up. It, it, you know, the, the, the time periods were a lot longer. But we, we have to accept that. Um, so for my daughter, listening to that certain kind of music, that really spoke to her. It didn't speak to me, but it spoke to her. And that's a good thing. What my grandson listened to didn't speak to me, but it certainly spoke to him. And it may not have spoken to his mother. So we've got these different packages, right? The packages don't matter. It just doesn't matter. It's what's inside. And so when we think about passing the baton, the, what we pass is the baton of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are blessed in this church to have that variety the result of all of this is what? The text says, so that they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds and would keep his commands. You know, the bottom line for preaching, teaching, uh, worship, is that we would learn to put our trust and our faith in God and him alone. We have a package, right? The package is the Presbyterian church, but it's not the only package. There are lots of different packages and lots of different seasons for, uh, for us to worship. So we have this incredible potential in this part of the world to share the gospel, the content, the package that it's delivered in is gonna change. Let me tell you, it'll change again because the generation that's worshiping now, uh, in a few years, that is all gonna, that package will change again but ultimately the package doesn't really matter. It's what the content is. It's what the intent is. It's that we would come to a place where we would trust God for our lives, or we would trust Jesus Christ. I prize the fact that Menlo is a Jesus church that contains a rich diversity of age groups that can minister in a lot of different ways with strength and with love. And I thank God for that possibility and opportunity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, just allowing us a couple of moments in this great piece of scripture, recognizing that there is such a diversity, and there has been this diversity over all the years, but Father, the, the content remains the same, and that's the gospel. That's the good news. May you encourage us with that uh, this day, and in the days to come. And, and thank you for the gift that we have in, in this church family. And we pray all these things in your son's precious name. Amen.